Welcome to another episode of Enhancing Human Experience. I'm Mark Phillips. So thrilled that you tuned in today. My guest today is Daniel Mahan. And Daniel and I go back maybe 10 or 12 years. We met at Three Shapes Aikido here in Boise under Sensei Alejandro Anastasio. And of course, Alejandro's been on the podcast a number of times. He runs onehandspeaks.com, also hosts his own podcast, a storytelling podcast. But a number of students, you know, were super, um, super fortunate to be studying Aikido under Alejandro. He's just an amazing human being. And that's how Daniel and I met. And we recently reconnected via Facebook and realized we had a number of interests in common. So I invited him to be a guest on the podcast. A little bit of background on Daniel. He is a professional realtor here in Boise, but he also has a background in NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. And in this episode, we dive in and unpack a lot of things that are going on in NLP that are specifically applicable to business and interpersonal relationships, communication, just so many good nuggets in this episode. I came away with a lot of practical tools and techniques that I know are going to benefit me moving forward, and I think you're going to get a lot out of them as well. So without further ado, let's jump in and see what Daniel has to say. Hey, Dan, thanks for hanging out with me today. I'm looking forward to chatting with you. Hi, Mark. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm glad to be here today. Absolutely. I, I love it. So, I mean, you and I, we practiced Aikido, well, it was like 10 years ago plus. I mean, time flies. And yeah, I think it was between 2008, 2011. Yeah. It, it's yeah. Just, I can't even believe it was that long ago. Um, <laughs> and we recently reconnected, had a lot of things in common, and... Um, yeah. I'm, I'm eager to jump into what you're doing now. You're in real estate. You have a background in personal development techniques and NLP and a little hypnosis. And I cannot yeah. wait for you to share some of your journey um, since we last talked anyway. So gosh, 10 years, you, you've been a busy guy. <laughs> I, I've been doing the best I can to keep busy and just keep growing. You know, it. Yeah. That's, what, that's kind of what it's all about. I mean, I'm a big fan of that idea that the more we grow inside, the more our experiences get better and life gets better, but it's that internal journey. It seems like from my, in my experience, what about you? Oh, definitely. Uh, the, the path of personal development, I think has been one of the biggest things in my life, uh, not just for me personally, but helping me with my family, with my business, just, it's an all around really good thing to have in your life. Yeah, absolutely. So you're in real estate. Tell me about that journey. I mean, what, what, what drove you to get into real estate, which by the way, is, is kind of a secret love affair of mine. I, I love the real estate game. I'm not in that game, but I learned a lot from realtors because I know they have a, like high level personal development and sales skills. What drove you, what, what brought you to that uh, industry? Well, what drove me to this was the fact that uh, I'd worked with several realtors who were either part-time in the business or, you know, it wasn't their first passion. It wasn't the thing that, that was really driving them. And so uh, we kind of always got left on the sidelines with things. Um, you know, real estate can be a very fast paced market. And so once you find a home, you need to act on it fast and you need to get your offer in. It needs to be done right. There needs to be a lot of attention to detail and a commitment to both the, the deal and, you know, the relationships that you have with people in real estate. And I just wasn't getting that. And we worked with several realtors. We bought and sold a few homes over our, our time, you know, raising our kids and doing those things. And I just got to the point in my own personal development as I was working with realtors in the industry where I said, you know, I know I could put more into this and give people 
so much more than what they're getting. I can give people what they deserve to get out of their deals. And so uh, next thing I know, I'm taking classes and, and I've got my license mm -hmm. and, and here I am. I'm, I'm an active real estate agent. And uh, one of my biggest goals is, is helping veterans, people like myself, so that I can educate them uh, just on the benefits that they get from being in the military and serving the country. And, and then the deals that they can get because the banks have such one, I mean, like right now, the interest rates for a veteran is 3.1%. So the so, interest rates are different from, for, because of certain programs are different for veterans than they are for non, is that kind of, they are. Yeah. Oh, so I didn't know that. Banks have a whole different lending system for the veterans. And then there's programs that are set up just specifically for, for veterans and wow. myself being a Navy veteran of the Gulf war, uh, you know, it's something that I wanted to use and just a lot of people don't understand it. And so mm -hmm. I want to be that guy to, to help educate people and to help get them in their homes. And, you know, what better way than, than to see that smile on their face when, when the whole deal is done and, and they're happy with what they got. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I think your story is similar to a lot of people's story where they see, you know, they work with people in an industry, so to speak, and they look at that experience and say, well, I, I can improve on this in this way and that way. And they dive in. Um, I think that's so common. I, I think so too. And I think once you find that passion for something, something that, that, you know, you, you find a hole in that where it's just not being done correctly. And then all of a sudden you're there and you're helping those people and, and you see the difference that you make with it. And I think that's what really drives me to, to keep moving forward. Yeah. Like, like I said, I, I just love the real estate game. It, it, it forces you to become a better version of yourself so that you can serve people better and yeah. level up, you know, every, it seems like a win-win type of experience where you're growing, you're helping people. I, I just love everything about it. If I wasn't in the online game and in the, in the content marketing game, I'd be a realtor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, Come sign you up anytime you want to come over. <laughs> well, and absolutely, you know, and we were talking prior to the podcast, prior to the interview here, how we live in an age when people can do multiple things. And I want to dive into some of your other passions as well. Um, you know, I just got back from a conference in Vegas and uh, Marie Forleo was talking about being a multi-passionate entrepreneur and you don't have to do just one thing anymore. People can be well-rounded and show up as this kind of multifaceted person and do work in the world in many different ways. And I, I kind of see that's what you're doing a little bit. Yeah, I feel that's been a, a, you know, the real estate was, was where I found myself, where I first wanted to be was, was helping people. And so it started out with my own personal development, my own personal growth. And I started learning more about NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. And it really is a, it's a communication style that helps people to be able to, uh, you know, get rid of the generalizations, the deletions and the distortions that we use in our everyday speech. And so that you can really get to the bottom of a problem. And once I saw that the problem solving portion of NLP was as good as it was, I took my sales background that I've had since I was a little kid, you know, going door to door with my grandfather selling air fresheners to people. Uh, and I thought, you know, what, what can I do that's going to help people the most and still be able to use these skills that I've gotten in NLP and real estate was the biggest thing that came to mind. Uh, awesome. Some of the biggest problems that a person will ever face is with that biggest purchase that they make in their life when that's real estate. And so, you know, one of the things that happen is, is 
the, the buyer or the seller has something that they want to do and the real estate agent, they get really busy. Next thing you know, the communication breaks down. And once that happens, well, then just nobody's happy anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I think that by bringing my own personal development through NLP into the game of real estate, it really helps me to be a better communicator, a better problem solver, and just an all around better person. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, is that, you know, sometimes people are going through other emotional stresses in their life. And, you know, the one opportunity that I have is now I'm in front of people and maybe something is going on through the conversation or you just see that they're having a rough day. And so I can help out with that Mm -hmm. through the other skills that I have, not just as a real estate agent. And so I think that really rounds off, you know, what I'm doing in a better game for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And at, at the end of the day, I love the fact that you bring bring this up, communication and just helping from like this broad spectrum, but sometimes it's specifically as a realtor and you can bring all those those uh, powers and like things that you've developed about yourself in onto that experience. And you're right, it is a it is the biggest purchase. It is very stressful, you know. <laughs> I think that's why I think that's why it's so challenging and rewarding at the same time. It is right. You, you face these huge problems and, and you have to, you have to get creative a lot of times. And, and so now you're thinking outside the box because well, in real estate, there really is no box, right? Mm-hmm. Every deal is different. And that's what I find exciting is no two things are ever the same. And yeah. so you get out there, you find a problem, you get creative, you solve it. And, and then everyone's happy. Yeah. And you talked a little bit about how NLP can help you be a better realtor and serve your your clients in the best way. What do you see as the maybe some more key differences between a realtor who maybe doesn't have that deep deep knowledge and you've got you've had training for many years and gone to seminars and whatnot. What do you see as the some key differences from a realtor who has it versus someone who doesn't have that? Well, I think a big portion of that comes down to the listening skills, and that's something that you're taught with NLP, and and it's such. I mean, we all hear about it, right? Everyone has their own style of learning. Some people are visual, some people are auditory, some people are kinesthetic. Well, that's also comes true for the way we speak. So we may take in what you're saying and you may be speaking in an auditory uh, output and I may be a visual person. And so even though we're both speaking English, we're really speaking two different languages, mm-hmm. you know, take for something uh, really easy. I say something to you, you say, Oh, I hear you real common thing. But just because you hear me, I might be trying to paint you a visual picture and you can't create that picture in your mind. It's just not something that you you're doing. So maybe what you need is you need to have the same story told to you in an auditory way. So now I use words that are more auditory so that you can hear what I'm saying rather than see the image that I as a visual person create, you know, and some people, when they talk, they they talk in terms of kinesthetics. And so they feel that, you know, they have real strong connections to things. Uh, When things get out of sorts, it's heavy, you know, but when they're, when they're not stressed out, it's light, it's airy, it feels good. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, that I think is really where NLP helps me to be able to communicate with people because now I'm listening to the words that you're saying and I can tell, you know, whether you're an auditory person, a visual person, a kinesthetic person, whereas 
you might be working with someone who's very visual or very kinesthetic and you're not. And, and if that realtor isn't thinking along those lines, he's not listening to half of what you're saying, you know, or she's not being heard in the way that she wants. And then the frustration kicks in. Mm-hmm. And who hasn't been in, in a sales situation where it's a car or, you know, something at the store and you want to ask the salesman the question. He's like, well, I'm answering your questions, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> but you're thinking, man, I, I, I hear yeah, him saying true. stuff, but it's just not registering. Yeah. And so I think that's where I bridge that gap. I think that's where I excel in that area over the person that doesn't have that because it's just opened me up to those different channels. And yeah. so, an and advantage. That, it does. And you know, what you said is so critical because, you know, I'm a big fan of this uh, idea in relationships or communication that, you know, what percentage of the success of the relationship or communication is our, uh, our, our role or our part or we are responsible for and people who are really good communicators and high end salespeople and effective people, they say, Hey, it's hundred percent your responsibility because that's how much control you have over it. And that's kind of what I'm hearing from you and also being adaptable to talk to people in the way or communicate with people. I don't want to, you know, narrow it, but communicate people in the way that they understand. And that requires, like you said, a high sensitivity to how they, how they listen and communicate. And then one other factor in there is, is that only 7% of our communication is actually through words. Mm. 93% of our communication is through facial expressions, tonality, uh, body language. I mean, there's so much that, you know, when, when you ask a person a question, there's so much more going on there than just the words that are coming out of their mouth. And so, you know, if I were to turn my back to the camera right now, I could say something to you. Mm-hmm. And, and you might go, well, that doesn't make any sense for, for what you're asking me because you're not seeing my facial, you know, expressions. And, and if I was real monotone in the way I answered your question, you'd be like, did, did he understand my question correctly? Mm-hmm. You know, and so there's just so much more that goes on in a, in a conversation than just those, those verbal things that we say. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because I think people forget that we're, we, we're so focused on the words or whatever, but there's so much more going on, like almost like below the subconscious level that we're right. feeding off of. It's, it's fascinating. I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you. Um, so let me ask you this, knowing what you know about NLP and obviously integrating it in with your business and your life, what are some like go-to principles or ideas that you've found have helped you in not only your business relationships, but even your day-to-day life. I mean, are there certain things that you always go to your NLP training for and to help you in a wide variety of situations, like your favorites? Uh, yeah. So one of the biggest things is, is, is um, there's no such thing as, I mean, and this is going to sound crazy, but no matter how bad a person is being, you know, whether it's a child throwing a huge temper tantrum or a person that, you know, maybe we see as a, as a huge criminal in life, right? It's all about their intentions. Mm-hmm. And when you really start looking at what's going on in a person's life, it, it has to come from what intention that they're hoping to accomplish for themselves, right? Uh, when I started learning NLP, I had heard this phrase my entire life, uh, the path to hell is paved with the best intentions. 
And I always thought that is a crazy way to th- you know, say something. <laughs> but then all of a sudden you start looking at, you know, this person's behavior and how bad it is. And, you know, other people look at him and her and they say, wow, that person is just so messed up. And, and you know, you have to put a label on it. Well, then you start talking to the person and you start finding out that, you know, and, and bullying in school is a big one, right? Mm-hmm. That, that child that's bullied, he has to throw up a defense mechanism. And so he throws up this defense mechanism that, that we see as a bad behavior. Well, now all of a sudden that kid is an adult and he's still got that same defense mechanism. But now he's sitting in a meeting with people and, and he feels something may happen that triggers that emotion from when he was a little child. And, and now he throws out that defense mechanism. And maybe he says something really sharply to the group. And everyone's like, man, that guy, he's, he's just, he's so abrasive. Well, why? You know, what, what is the important thing that he's trying to do? Oh, well, maybe he's trying to protect himself, keep security. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as soon as something starts going off in a conversation, I think that's one of the biggest things that I do is I, I look at that person and I think, what is the intention that that behavior is trying to get for him inside, right? And, and if you can find that intention, find what it's trying to get for that person, you can communicate on a level that now they feel secure. Now they feel safe. Now they feel heard. Maybe before they just didn't feel heard, mm-hmm. you know, so, so you can change that. You can alter that behavior and get better communication, better results out of it. I think that's one of the biggest things that I've taken away from NLP is, is that. That's huge. Uh, that's absolutely huge. I'm just seeing, feeling like the impact of that in day-to-day life, because again, you, when you get outside of yourself and see where this person's coming from, again, it helps that communication. And I'm a big fan of intention just in general, you know, setting attention in an intention for the day, for, for episodes, for interviews. And it really does, you know, in my experience, pre-pave the road, but when you look at it from another person's standpoint, I can see that being really powerful. That's awesome. Right. Right. And it's just, it's, it's a, such a simple thing of looking at them and saying, so what's going on inside of them? Let me try to step into their shoes for a minute, feel what they're feeling. What is it that I said? What is it that's going on in, in just the whole circumstance here that's making that person feel that way? Because if they felt the way they wanted to feel, and just that way that made them feel good, mm-hmm. the communication would change. What yeah. they're getting out of it is going to change. Mm-hmm. And, and now, you know, now all of a sudden you're back on a level playing field again. And, and now you're able to help them through this problem. And maybe it was they just couldn't voice the way it made them feel in the way they were being treated in a transaction or, you know, the lender or the seller, the buyer, whoever's in the, in the situation, mm-hmm. they weren't getting something from it that now they can see that they can. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a huge step in problem solving. Oh, totally. And, and the other thing that I can see, and I want you to unpack this idea in a moment here about NLP. The other thing I can see is that it sounds like it's a really effective way to help people level up their own software. You as a practitioner and trainer because like, like you said, that's the name of the game, like not doing the same, not thinking the same thoughts, feeling the same feelings and behaving the same way as we were when we were seven, but right. up leveling our software all the time, which is freaking so important. I mean, is that an accurate statement? Does NLP help you 
get some perspective on your own software and say, hey, I need to grow, I need to grow, I need to grow. I'm glad that you referenced it to software because it's so funny that, you know, we think of ourselves as, as you know, humans with this free thinking mind where we're able to think of anything we want and we do. But the other thing that we do is, is we're just like a software program. If then else problem is, is we go, if then, and we don't have an exit strategy for that, that, that thought pattern. Mm-hmm. Right. And so uh, the if portion is a trigger something happens in someone's world where they're now all of a sudden uh, in an unresourceful place, in a place where they don't have an emotion for this feeling. And, and that's another thing that I think we've lost as, as a lot of people is we don't differentiate between emotions and feelings. So a what feeling, is, yeah, what, yeah, unpack that a little bit. So a feeling is something that we feel in our body. And everyone, I think, at some point in their life has had an anxiety, that feeling that you get in your chest. It feels like something's sitting on you, weighing you down, really just, you know, making it hard to breathe. And, and we don't understand that feeling. Well, an emotion is a feeling with a thought mm. attached to it. And so, you know, now someone's told us, well, hey, when you're, when you're getting that feeling, when someone's sitting on your chest, you can't breathe and things are just not feeling right. It's anxiety. Oh, well, now if you can recognize that that's anxiety, well, how do you feel when you're not feeling anxiety, right? Oh, well, I feel really good. Well, what does that feel like? Well, I feel light. I don't feel that thing sitting on my chest, you know? And, and so just by talking someone through these things a lot of times, you can talk them out of their anxiety because once they recognize that they have this feeling and they can put a thought to it. So what was I thinking just before this happened? Mm-hmm. What was I at? What happened to me just before this, this feeling came on, this anxiety started to happen? Oh, well, I was thinking about how much stress this was causing me. Well, okay. Well, what if it didn't go that way? What if instead of, of you having that thought of, of, you know, that situation, but the outcome of it is, is a good outcome now, you know, so maybe it's, it's buying that house. And, and you really need to get out of your house that you're in. But at the same time, you know, you need to be in another house. Oh, what am I going to do? This house is going to sell. That house is going to, you know, maybe be gone by the time I get there. Where am I going to go in between? Mm-hmm. Well, and what we can do is we can put the intention on, on the whole thing and say, okay, look, we can maybe sell your house. We can put a contingency in it that you can rent the house until we get this house deal complete. And now with that, with that whole thing in place, how do you feel about the deal? Well, that, that's not as stressful. Okay. So when you don't feel it that way, and then you, you look at this whole situation now through this perspective, how does that feeling change in your chest? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, so, so once you can put an emotion onto the feeling, you know, so put a thought onto that. And so now that you, you have a way to identify that this is what's causing it. So, so, so the thought's the first. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it always starts with a thought, right? And then it becomes the story that you tell yourself in your mind. So, so now you've got this, this thought, you start talking it over in your mind, but you're saying the same thing over and over to yourself. Pretty soon that feeling starts to grow. It starts to get heavier, starts to get bigger. You know, it goes from a mouse sitting on your chest to the elephant sitting on your chest. And so then if you can just reduce that, and you know, sometimes it comes with a spinning feeling in your chest, right? And so if you can identify that 
and, and this is one that I've used on people before. Well, does it have a motion to it? Sure, it's spinning in a, in a counterclockwise way. Well, spin it the opposite direction. And so they think about it a minute. They spin the feeling the opposite way. All of a sudden now, instead of feeling anxiety, now they're excited mm. because they're very similar. It's just how you perceive it and what story you're telling in your mind. Wow. And so, yeah, it, it really is. It, it seems so simple, but we get into this loop and we can't get out of the loop. So the next thing you know, we get stuck. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes that can turn into depression. It can turn into all kinds of things. But if we can change the story in our mind, change the feeling that we're having, then we can change that that drives. Yeah. Well, it, and it, it sounds like, you know, like everything, you know, it's, there was two things going on. One, knowing what to do and two, practicing it, you know, I mean, and, and both of those things, I, I think knowing what to do sometimes is easier because you can get the knowledge. I find in my own experience, actually practicing it. And in this case, the internal work, thinking a different thought, disciplining your mind to, to go here rather than there. Um, I think that's where the rubber hits the road and it separates, you know, successful from non-successful or, you know, courageous from non-courageous, so on and so forth. Absolutely. Is, that, is that what your experience has been? I mean, you have to practice these things, don't you? You do have to practice them. And, and the hardest thing is, and, and I even experienced this myself when I first started out. Matter of fact, one of the very first classes that I ever took, a live class, uh, the instructor was talking and it hit a nerve on me. And I went to that unresourceful place. And, and next thing you know, I was, I was just kind of sitting in the chair and I, I was getting really panicky and, and, she looked at me and said, I've given you the tools. Get yourself out of it. And I'm like, I, I can't. I, I don't even know what you're talking about at the moment. So even though I knew exactly what I was supposed to do, I was so new to it at the time, I couldn't change my state from an unresourceful place to a resourceful place. And she was able to do it with me within just a few seconds. And, and that was so powerful to me in that moment because that was the same sort of path the same sort of loop that i'd taken so many times mm -hmm. because of those same triggers and and it was really nothing more than just explaining to me that there was an exit strategy to it and once i was able to see that boom the entire feeling was gone and i was back to normal again mm -hmm. and so yeah it, it's a very empowering kind of a feeling and anyone can learn to do it with a little bit of training and a lot of practice. Mm -hmm. It's very similar to meditation, except now once you go into your meditation, then you, you start having positive thoughts. And that really is a big key to it is positive thinking. And, mm -hmm. you know, so people talk a lot about affirmations and affirmations are a wonderful thing. And I think everyone should start their day off with affirmations, but the key to it is getting into the right resourceful state first. I like and that you so, said that. Yeah. Yeah. So meditation is a wonderful thing to get you into that state, right? How do I want to be? So get excited, get motivated, get whatever you need, get that sense of peace, you know, meditate on it for a few minutes. When you feel that feeling that you want to feel now start saying all your affirmations. Now start going through that list. I'm confident. I'm strong. Mm -hmm. I'm successful. I'm wealthy right? And you start getting that when you're in the positive state and those things stick and they stick well. And so 
you know, some people, they, they start off in the morning, you know, and they, they've been told, just look in the mirror and state those positive affirmations. And so they get up there with their piece of paper and they're mm. reading them <laughs> and, and they're looking in the mirror. But the first thing they said when they looked in the mirror is, man, I don't like the way my hair looks. I'm fat. I'm getting old. I've got some wrinkles. I'm confident. <laughs> I'm <True>. successful. <laughs> you know, and so they don't believe it. And so you start off with that state of positivity, that wonderful feeling that you want to feel. You go through those positive affirmations, and now you do. Now you start to believe them. Now they become something that's powerful and useful. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the kind of stuff that I like to teach people, you know. And I think that is just an absolute thing that once a person learns that and they find that within themselves, now they have the power or the ability to change anything they want in their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's huge. You know, that that uh, that getting in the correct state, I've heard that you know, from other people and I wholeheartedly agree because otherwise we're just kind of going through the motions and we're just kind of, you know, autopilot through. Um, the other thing that I think is really interesting about uh, your story with the trainer is something I think about all the time that the, the time to practice isn't when you're in middle of this situation, right? I mean, the time to practice <laughs> is when you have some space to kind of learn and not when you're thrown into the deep end, so to speak, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. It, it seems it's like it's great to have a wonderful coach. Pardon? It's always great to have a wonderful coach. Yeah. Someone that can, that can teach you through it. That can help you when you are down, you know, just to switch that state. And then just so that, because I think when we're in an unresourceful place, we don't have the ability to recognize what it is that we want and, and how to get there. And so once you have a person there that can say, okay, this is how we're going to get in this positive state. This is how we're going to get feeling good again. And because they're an outside source, they can look at you and say, there it is. That's right. That's the source that you need to be in. Mm -hmm. Now that you're there, now do this. And once you've recognized it, once you've felt that switch within yourself, once you've seen that switch within yourself, Mm -hmm. you hear the tone of your own voice change then all of a sudden you can go, oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. So now I can do this on my own, you know, but just to be told to go off and do it on your own, that's really difficult. Yeah. It really is. I think that's what the benefit of coaching or mentoring or consulting any type of working with other people because they can reflect back at you things that you can't see, right? Yeah. And, and aspects of your story or your, you know, how you see the world. And they're like, you know, is that really serving you? And is this, in alignment with what you want and you sometimes go, I never really thought about it, but it's not, (laughs) you know, so I'm a big fan of like lining all those things up, you know, thoughts, beliefs, feelings, and actions and results. Um, But sometimes if something's off, especially if the beliefs are off, of course, then you're kind of going to struggle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, And if you have a negative belief about something, you know, then, then you have the negative thoughts, which you have the negative feelings, which lead to a negative behavior. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, change the thought, change the feeling, change the behavior, and you've got a new belief. Yeah, that's so awesome. While we're on the topic of NLP, one, I want to have you share how people can contact you to learn more about NLP or your consulting coaching services. But I want to ask you, do you have any favorite books in that NLP spectrum or podcasts or whatever things that you think might be helpful to us listeners, to, to people listening? I do. It, it's the funniest story. Uh, I started off 
and and so I, I was actually in a very unresourceful place uh, about five years ago or so. Uh, it might have been a little bit longer, about six years ago. And I read a child's book, a children's book. It was called The, the Littlest Prince. Mm. And and it's just about this uh, this guy who gets stranded uh, in the desert with his airplane. And along comes this this little miniature dude. He's a little prince. And he just starts telling him stories. And And during that process, I had a change within me. And I, I knew it. I felt it. I just didn't understand what it was. Mm. And, and so the next thing I know, I, I'm looking up books on, you know, hypnosis, and NLP, and just the whole process. Well, I've come to understand that what happened in that book was, uh, if a story is written well, it, it's a metaphor for life. And all it needs to do is someone tell you the story, and you take the message out of it for whatever it is in your life. And you might hear the same story and have a different reaction to it. But it's what I needed at the time to reframe myself to be a better person. Mm -hmm. And I was so confused by it at the time. But then as I got to learning NLP, uh, it just sort of happened that way. Um, so I read all these books by Richard Bandler, uh, Dr. Bandler. He's the, the founder of NLP, him and another guy named uh, Grinder. Mm -hmm. So Bandler Grinder. They were the two big NLP guys from back in the 60s and 70s. And what they did is, is they were both uh, physics guys. And they'd gotten to the top of their profession in physics. And they said, you know, if, if everything in, in matter works the way it does, and people are nothing more than energy and matter, then these things should work for them. And so they went around and they started interviewing people, these great people that were in the industry of making people feel better. And one of them was Milton Erickson. And he was at the time, one of the, the biggest psychologists and, and hypnotherapists of that era. And what they did is they came up with a whole bunch of questions on how to model somebody. And so the whole premise of NLP is, is modeling. Mm. And so if someone else has done it before, I can do it. I just have to find the resources out there, implement them in myself, and then I become just like that person. I take the qualities out of it that I want, leave the qualities behind that I don't, and, and I become a more personally developed person. And so any of their books, and Bandler's books are, are much more uh, ready, readily available than Grinder's are. Mm -hmm. Then I read a book that was really surprising to me. It was uh, Think and Grow Rich mm. by uh, Napoleon Hill, written after the Great Depression or actually during the Great Depression. Um, and he talks about so many of these concepts and principles in there in a way that really is resourceful for people. And it really is just that mentality of, you know, staying positive, uh, having a passion and a desire for something. Now he talks about it in there as being wealth. Now you can define wealth however you want, whether that be a financial wealth, uh, physical wealth, you know, mental, spiritual. I, I don't care what you want to put on it. You mm -hmm. pick your, your type of wealth that you want. Have the faith in yourself. Believe in yourself that you can make it happen, that you have all the resources in order to do it. And then you just start by writing things down the goals for yourself, 
be, mm-hmm. be definite about the goals that you want for yourself. Mm-hmm. Write them down. You know, you would go back to those affirmations again. Those affirmations are part of that goal. How am I going to get there? Who am I going to be when I get there? You know, how do I want to show up when I do have this? Mm-hmm. And, and you follow that plan and you will make it happen because it's your thoughts that bring those things forward. Mm-hmm. And you tell yourself the same thing every day. I'm successful at this. I, my goal is to help, you know, 40 people find the home that makes them happy this year. Mm-hmm. I can achieve that goal because I have the faith in myself. I have the tools that I need. I have the resources that I need for that. And, and I can make it happen and I will make it happen. And that's, what's so beautiful about it. And so, um, I think if someone's really wanting a great self-help book, I think Think and Grow Rich is an amazing mm-hmm. book for that. Uh, NLP, if you're looking for the tools uh, to do this, you know, more completely, then uh, there's tons of books out there. Mm-hmm. And I say start with the ones that, uh, you know, are written by the guys that, that did this uh, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Another coach that I really love out there is John Oberdorf. Okay. Uh, He's a, he's an older guy as well. Some of these guys are getting to the point where I'm, I'm hoping that I'll get to see them before they retire. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I've learned a lot of stuff from one of John's students and his name is Igor Mm Lutachowski and uh, he's through the hypnosis training Academy, but his stuff is all conversational. He wants to help people and be able to get people to see change within themselves without having to go through a formal hypnosis process, you know, so instead of telling you, uh, you know, close your eyes, you know, and that whole bit through hypnosis, uh, you just have a conversation with someone. Mm-hmm. You get them to go inside to find the resources that they need to make the changes that they want and, and keep that change. And, wow. and he's really good at doing that. Wow. Those, that's, that is an awesome list of resources. Thank you for sharing that because I, I know for one, I want to learn more about this and I know the listeners will too, for sure. Absolutely. So yeah. as we get close to wrapping up a couple more minutes here, tell us how we can get in touch with you uh, to either learn more about your real estate uh, services or the NLP coaching. Give us some resources. And I'll also link them in the show notes at gmarkphillips.com. Awesome. That'd be great. Uh, you can contact me on Facebook. I've, I've got uh, my regular Facebook page there. I've also got a business page for my real estate there. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. And uh, then you can reach me by email, dan at capitalgroupco.com. Uh, my phone number is 208-371-4374. Uh, you can give me a call and, uh, you know, however you want to do it. Get in touch with me. Send me a a quick text. Send me an email. I'm more than happy to reach out, uh, assist you with a little coaching if that's what you're looking for personally, professionally, or uh, help you with the real estate transactions. So awesome. uh, Awesome. Well, and, and Boise is, you know, one of the, if not the hottest market in the States right now. Um, People love it here. We have an awesome way of life. So um, this is a great place to be. Yeah. It really is. And uh, this year they projected an 8.1% growth for the Boise market alone, which actually was the number one growing market in the nation. And so 
Yeah, I mean, there's no slowing down here. We're going to be a, a big, big city before too long. It's, it's and, happening uh, all around us. You know, I drive downtown and see the cranes and the buildings. It's exciting. Oh, yeah. and, and speaking of anxiety, <laughs> it is. It's all good, though. It's all positive because I mean, we're changing, yeah. and that, that, that's an exciting thing. It is. It really is. And, you know, that change, that growth, it just brings new things that – that we just haven't experienced here before, you know, yeah. and some of those ways of life, the culture. I love the culture that's coming to Boise. Isn't it awesome? Yeah. Oh, it is. The, the different foods, the different styles, just the different thinkings keeps you on your toes. It really keeps you in a, a good, positive place. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, well, Dan, I mean, I've thoroughly in, enjoyed having you on and sharing your experience. I really do appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate being here. This was a, this was a good time. Oh, I look forward definitely. to more of these. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, All right. We'll sign off again. Thanks so much, Dan. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Talk soon. Yes.